So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... Ryan from Miss May I. And we're asking some questions today about their upcoming album, Curse of Existence. So congrats on that. By the way, how do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? Uh, this is my first uh, interview for any of it. Uh, Levi has covered the whole thing so far since I was on the road. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I finished one tour. I came home. And I've had seven days to prep for the uh, release tour. And I'm driving back to Ohio on Monday. Uh, oh, it kind of, it's, it's really come out of nowhere because uh, the record's been done for so long. Um, I'm really excited. It's crazy. It, I, it's been done for so long that I feel like everybody's heard it, but actually no one's heard it, which mm-hmm. is kind of a, kind of an interesting uh, time for us. For sure. Sure. Record bangs. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy Thank it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Uh, so the the cover uh, is usually art direction comes from Levi. Um, we went back and forth for months and months on that. Um, the title changed three or four times. Mm. Uh, I don't know if he's told anybody that yet, but we, we had a different title and um, it was, I, we felt it was a pretty unique title and another band we love came out with a song that was titled what we were going to title the record uh so we went back and uh that particular lyric stood out to us so we grabbed that lyric and converted it to the title um and then once we started making merch for it um it actually kind of lent itself to to a little bit stronger merch designs than what we had before Mm -hmm. um the uh, the I believe the curse of existence title is um, is, is sort of a call to the uh, the trials and tribulations that you go through um, in life. The balance between uh, the negative aspects of life that you have to you have to balance that weight versus the uh, the positive outcomes that come from all of those negative experiences. A lot of uh, inner turmoil for everyone from having uh 10 years straight on the road from like right out of high school and nobody knowing anything except being a uh a touring act that puts out records and and goes on the road to uh one member having the first child born and getting ready to go into the studio and then the pandemic hitting and then all of your plans coming to an abrupt stop uh and kind of leaving um everyone in a position where they had to everybody had to learn how to be somebody that we never had the chance to be so Mm. it just kind of left um i think it kind of left everybody spinning for a bit i'm sure that's a i'm I'm sure that's across the board for you know everyone on earth but uh just in our particular circumstance while writing the record i think it just it, it was a big reflective time period for everybody and uh a good chance for Levi to kind of get a lot of that negativity out of himself while he's doing his lyrics. Um, He's usually the driving force behind the lyrics and then we'll we'll work them together. But uh, Levi is usually the, the driving force. Um, And that this record, we took a whole month of just he and I in the studio doing lyrics. Yes. So it was a lot of uh, uncomfortable back and forth talking about subject matter that, uh, you know, maybe we wouldn't have even discussed uh, before the pandemic. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I think the, I think having everything taken away 
there for a bit really kind of opened uh, everybody's eyes to what was uh, a little more important. Him, him, uh, and everybody in their own individual way. As everybody, and it, it's funny when we're teenagers getting started, everyone has the same goals because everyone's life is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And now, now we're in our mid thirties. Some guys have kids or about to have kids. Some guys are in multiple bands. Some guys are record producers. You know, like everybody's got different stuff outside the band that they're bouncing to. So everybody's got these completely different lives. Um, and I think a lot of it comes, a lot of the songs come as uh, different pieces of the puzzle for each person, what they're dealing with, uh, how they're feeling, and then trying to make them relatable to the, to the listener. For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? Yeah. So uh, early in the pandemic, um, right before the pandemic, I was on tour with, uh, with some friends. Um, and I remember setting, I remember the phone call with our team setting up the, the recording. This would have been early March of what year was the pandemic? 2020. 2020. Yeah. 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 They're passing so fast. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say late February, March we set the recording up. like the official studio time was ready to go and then obviously the pandemic kicks in and our studio time I believe was April of 2020 so needless to say that that got scrapped mm-hmm. well when that got scrapped so did the so did the writing together so basically the three different members write their own songs at home and then we try to come together in a studio you take all the stems bring them into one session and then uh, rewrite them as a group. So they become a, a Miss May I song rather than a BJ Justin or Ryan song. Mm-hmm. Well, all of that just ended when the pandemic started because everybody kind of had this mindset of like, well, we've been on the road eight to nine months a year for 10 years straight, 11 years straight at that point. And earth is kind of telling us you can take a break. Mm-hmm. Like it has decided for you that you can take a break. And so everybody just kind of started living their own life, just kind of doing their own thing. And it wasn't until the summer of 2020 when things finally started to, they hadn't really cooled down by that point yet, but you were able to like get into small groups a little easier. Sorry if you hear my dog over there scratching himself. (laughs) Um, Uh. So around summer of 2020, we were able to finally get together again. Mm-hmm. And we started doing the writing session. Um, we did uh, probably a month, maybe two times a week where we would drive. We all lived really close to each other at that time, mm-hmm. uh, within an hour of each other. So we'd get together and we'd do like a four-hour session where we'd bring someone's song in and then we'd tear it apart and we'd rewrite it. And then we basically had 12 demos, I believe, when that process was done. So now we're six or seven months into the writing and we go into the real studio, still pandemic time. This is fall of 2020. Now we're in the studio with our two producers. We had um, Nick Sampson, who's worked on four four of our records. Uh, He's up in Michigan and has always been a part of the guitar end. Um, 
And uh, we met him like all the way back in 2010 with Sturgis. I mean, oh, we've wow. known him mm. for years. But mm-hmm. Will Putney is the lead, the lead producer on the record. And we've known Will since 2012 when we made At Heart. So we go through the process of making sure like we install protocol. We fly Will in from New Jersey. Everybody's staying in Airbnbs. No contact with the outside world except for like going to the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we took those 12 demos. And now we have the two producers in the room and we ripped those songs apart and we rewrote them again with, with their input. Uh, and then we had the 12 instrumentals written and done. So from there, we uh, just started tracking the instrumentals and we ripped through the bass um, first, really. I mean, we were laying down rhythm guitar, but we did the bass first specifically mm-hmm. so... I could fly to New Jersey with Levi. And as Justin and BJ finished the guitar work in Michigan Mm -hmm. and they would complete a track, they would send it over to us in New Jersey and then we would start working the vocals. So instead of it taking an extra maybe three months by completing all of the instrumentals first, we were working on the vocals for songs that they had completed simultaneously while they were working on other tracks so we we basically started in early october and i remember we were we were doing vocals until like a week after the election because i remember Mm -hmm. being in new jersey during the election so the that was the whole writing process for the instruments vocals it was levi and will and i And we would basically sit in a room. We would write everything out together. We basically started with all the topics we wanted to talk about. What's too hot? What's not interesting to the other person? Mm -hmm. So like if if the topic doesn't speak to me, but he feels really strongly and he can write the whole thing cool and then vice versa. Um, And then we would demo our own song on the same mic and same computer that Will was going to record us on just badly because we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Uh, And then... And then we'd be like, okay, Will, we're ready. And then Will would come back in and listen through. And then Will would help us pick it apart and like kind of mold it into the finished product. And then once we had that skeleton, then we did the real tracking of it. So we, like normal, we rewrote the songs probably five, six times. Yeah, I was going to say. There's so much deconstructing in your process. Holy shit. Yeah, and the I think the reason that that we've learned that that works for us is the record where we didn't do that. It was Rise of the Lion, and it's in our opinion as the musicians, it's our worst record, and it's because we we were in a weird spot where we weren't communicating as people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we just kind of made a vow after that record that was three or four records ago um, that we would fix that, that we would communicate and we would do everything together, and if that meant extra work of rewriting then that's cool and we would be open to the opinions of the people that we wanted to be working with us like making sure that the that our partners like will were if if he says that he has an opinion on something we need to hear him out and we need to understand why we did a lot of like a and b too like levi and i finished in october or november whatever it was and then we went back to will's house in april and we did another week or two of vocals because we will was cool sit on it over christmas time and then you know once we listened to some of them we were like i think we could do a better job like Mm -hmm. these are pretty cool but 
I think we could do a better job. And then we went back with Will. And like, that's where like Unconquered happened then. Unconquered was, was a rewrite the second time. Free Fall was a wow. rewrite the second time. Uh, every song we've released as a single, the vocal and the, the final one came the, on the second full time that we recorded. So wow. it took forever. And I think we're very fortunate that we, I don't know if that would have happened if it wasn't during the pandemic, because it was so difficult for people to get in that mm-hmm. there were, there were more holes in people's schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, in a normal year. I mean, I can't imagine how busy Putney is now. Like, Oh yeah. Will's got to be slammed, you yeah. know, between touring and recording records. Like I bet squeezing into Will's schedule now would it be so much more difficult. So I, I don't know if we would have had that same luck that we did with him, like giving us that extra time. But um, if you guys did another session, it would have delayed the album by like a year (laughs) at least. Yeah. And we, you know, we barely got the, we barely got it done this time, you Mm -hmm. know, because then, I mean, you think we did some deconstructing on the songs, then it was artwork time and title time (laughs) and song name time. Yeah. And then so like we like we'd be like, all right, we're done. And then, you know, in the group chat with management, it'd be like, you know, the title of this song and what they're like, damn it, we just just give us the the track list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're like, like, no, don't, don't send it yet. Don't send it yet. You're like, you're the management, just write the fucking track list out for us. Like, why do we have to do it? (laughs) Yeah, so we yeah, we we were the same, we were the same way. And and kudos to our management team too for being as patient as they were, because uh you know they're going through that as well listening to you know they're like are you sure and we're like we're sure this time no we're not no we're not no we're not not." they're like you know it takes like forever for vinyl to be made so like if we don't Mm -hmm. get it in by this date we got to get it in and we're like right right gotta get it in all right and then we're like missed another deadline missed another deadline oh yeah it was tough it was tough but it worked uh the other thing is we didn't want to we didn't want to not be able to play shows when it came out. We didn't want it to kind of to get lost in like the pandemic shuffle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We wanted, we wanted like when the songs were coming out, like Unconquered came out at the perfect time. Unconquered came out the first week into the All That Remains tour, which was our first tour back. Mm-hmm. Um, there he goes again, scratching. <laughs> hey, can we meet him? Um, I was going to say. So, uh, oh, you want, yeah, he will, he will come up here. He will sit right beside me. That's probably why he's scratching. He knows if he annoys me enough that he'll get to come over here. Um, so yeah, like it, it all sort. Even though it was kind of a pain in the neck to get it all sorted, schedule wise, it seems like it all kind of came together the way we, um, we we had hoped. Um, and you guys know how it is I, I, interviewing so many people. Like, there's just so much stuff that goes into making sure you can even get eyes and ears on your music and on your yeah. videos and stuff. So that schedule is crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. And like you said, like, how do I feel? I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, it's actually here. Like yeah. mm-hmm. the first show is next week and then the day out and then the second day of tour, the records out. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe that it's better that we're finally here. It's happening. I would just like to say that tour is fucking stacked. You guys did a great <laughs> job of picking support for that. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We, we, it took us about as long to put that together. Oh my god! Everything else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were going back and forth so much. We were just like, I don't know, man. I don't know if the, I don't know if people, if ticket buyers, will be pleased about this one. Maybe, about, yeah. And then it all came together. Yeah, we're very excited about that one. I met Kingdom 
uh, a couple years ago. Um, I was tour managing Chelsea Grand there for a bit while Miss May was off the road. And uh, um, I kind of grew up with Grin. Um, and uh, so they were on one of Grin's tours and I met them and I made the joke. Uh, that was like fall of 2021. I made the joke on that tour. I remember we were in Albuquerque and we were at a bar together and I was like, someday guys, someday we're going to figure this out. I, I really hope that we can work together. And like one year later, we're touring together. And then this is our like fourth tour with Currents or third tour with Currents, Currents fucking I sick. think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be the first one with uh, Landmarks. But um, I know a lot of people uh, who who are buddies with them and say that uh, we're going to get along great. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. We pushed really hard to have landmarks on this show. They're they're fucking sick. That band, they're and they are popping off. Absolutely, exploding. I was just hanging out with. Uh, I was just uh, overseas a couple of weeks ago or last week, whenever it was. It's a blur at this point. Uh, and I was hanging out with uh, this band, uh, Ten Fifty Six, who are uh, also French, and then they they were like telling me all about them. They're like, we grew up with these guys. We know them. Blah blah blah. So. I'm excited. I can't wait. And I, I, one of Miss May's dorky things that we love is we try to take somebody on their first U.S. tour every time mm. we get to headline. That's awesome. That's very nice. Um, we took Currents on their first U.S. tour when the last record came out. Uh, we took uh, way, way back in the day, we brought Barry Tomorrow over for their first U.S. tour wow. when Monument wow. came out. Um, yeah, like that's always, our goal is always to try and, you know, kind of pass the torch and bring somebody out for the first time and then secretly in hopes of like when you guys get huge and blow us out of the water in a couple of years you'll return the favor <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah um it's always nice to we've always kind of been like uh making friends and camaraderie type groups so uh i'm really excited to uh have them over for the first time my guys haven't met kingdom yet but i know they're gonna love them so it's going to be great. It's nice going into a tour and being a fan of all the bands that are on the show already. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Should be, should be a good time. Hell yeah. For sure. Uh, so what song off this album took longest to write and which one is your personal favorite? Um, okay. Let me, let me see. Unconquered was, was rewritten probably two or three times. Um, that was a very quick one instrumentally. That was my demo, I remember. Um, and it's so and it's so much different than what my demo was. My demo was very like, I'm a pretty mediocre guitar player. So the the really catchy breakdown was there when I wrote it, but the rest of it kind of came from the rest of the band. So that one was like a total flip and rebuild, which was mm. really cool. Um, on the instrumental end, a lot of them were pretty quick because the guys have been writing songs for so long that they're not really, they kind of come in really well structured and, and it's more of like dialing in the noodle part. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, right now you're playing a da-na-na-na and we need it to be a na na da da Like it's, <laughs> you know, really small, intricate changes like that. Whereas Unconquered, because I'm I'm more of a mediocre guitar player, the guys do a lot of, polishing to kind of bring it around but lyrically uh i remember levi and i we worked really hard on that one because we just felt like it reminded us of um it reminded us of how we felt when justin wrote the original demo for hey mister Mm -hmm. um 
And we just felt like we had to make sure that we had the right lyric structure and vocal structure for it. Um, and we just didn't have it right the first time. That's one of the ones, like I said, that we, we got right on the second or maybe third go around with Will. Um, but once we got it, uh, I think it was that vocal melody. The vocal melody uh, is much simpler on this one than it was um, the first time. Uh -huh. I have a bad habit of trying to get a little more uh, flashy than I think I need to be. <laughs> and uh, we, we, I remember simplifying it greatly with the will. Uh, and uh, especially the breakdown call for that song was a, was a big one. It's such a great, it's such a big t-shirt line. It went over so well on the, all that remains tour. So um, good. I think overall that one probably took the longest, but I don't think any of them really took much longer than any of the others The we've, we've done it this way, three albums in a row. Mm -hmm. So the, even though it sounds like it's taking forever, mm. we are, we also are not, um, we don't have to pull like 16 hour days in the studio. Like we did when we were kids. Oh, like wow. we, yeah. we, we have a good work balance now. In healthy studio. hours so we're not yeah we're not burnt out we're not burnt out when we're in there we had an airbnb that was like beautiful um that the four of us were staying at and we were just having you know it just felt like vacation it was like yeah. be at the studio at like 10 or 11 you know work until seven or eight and then go back to the b and b and hang out or go have dinner or whatever same with the vocals vocals was like be ready to go around noon because you don't want to start too early because your voice will be, you know, you have morning like froggy voice, but like, mm -hmm. you know, around noon, get rolling. And then it, the the vocals were more of a later in the evening thing because that's mm -hmm. when your your voice kind of comes in like a show. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that was uh, that was a nice part of it, too. I, I guess part of doing this for the seventh, there's the seventh one already or something crazy. Wild. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah, it feels ridiculous. Yeah. So, how'd the track list yeah. for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener, be the opener, closer, be a closer? Just shuffle around, see what fits. What was that process like? Yeah, so that one was a. I think that one took a lot more thought this time than it did last time because so much time has passed since Shadows Inside, and the way people are consuming music is different now. So, when we released Monument, let's say in 2010, everything was compact disc no mm. one was streaming anything mm -hmm. people bought the cd and they listened to all 10 tracks that's when you could hide a bonus track you know what i mean yeah. you could stick a track you could put five minutes of silence after a song and have another track hidden in there and people could still find it you know mm -hmm. like there was and you knew people were going to consume all 10 songs so with this one you have to think like okay first what order are the songs going to come out Mm -hmm. like what single is going to be released first so you know that those are all going to have attention on them then you have like playlisting online is a huge piece of it because that's where most of the ears are going to come from um and then finally when the when the record does come out and it's out there for streaming does does it make sense to have like the most popular track somewhere in the in the middle so that if they start listening on that most popular track they're more likely to hit that back half of the record still mm -hmm. like um there is a lot of that sort of thought process going i that's one thing i do miss about the the old physical uh style of releasing things is it's a little bit it feels like a little bit less of uh 
it doesn't feel nearly as important as it used to in terms of the flow of the record start to finish. Um, mm-hmm. So you have this bat because you're trying to make sure that it's going to stream well. So now you now you add another layer into it. You're like, okay, so obviously we need the record to flow. Mm-hmm. But while the record is flowing, is it also going to be conducive to making sure that new fans are going to find it in the way that new fans find music now, which is yeah. like in an algorithmic algorithmic format where they're listening to something else and then Miss May I is tossed into their shuffle next. So mm. um, that comes with help from like, you know, we obviously make a list and our list is going to be the old school way. Mm-hmm. Like this is how it flows the best. You know, mm-hmm. like if I was to listen to this start to finish, I would want it to be like this. And then from there, you get some help from your team and you're like, okay, is anybody going to hear it if we release it like this? Or is it blah, 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 like that sort of thing. So um, we probably had 10 of those as wow. well. Yeah, <laughs> Just like not surprised. Um, yeah, we probably did that 10 times as well. Super interesting to kind of hear the 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 um, aspect of like trying to almost beat the algorithm as, in a sense because like we've interviewed a lot of bands that have been doing it a long time and have had to adjust to that but no one has kind of brought up the idea that you kind of have to beat the algorithm to like make sure your album's heard. Yeah, and the funny thing is, it's not like we actually know what the hell's going on. Either. Exactly, it's all you guessing. Know, like we're guessing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we're totally guessing. The same way as you know, like with Miss May, I was one of like the first fans with over a million fans on Facebook. We didn't know how the hell to do that either just happened. in 2010. It just happened. Yeah. And it's just like, sometimes you just, sometimes you just get it right. And then sometimes you don't. So one, one cool thing about our group is we're always willing to ask questions and try to get the, to get the help on that end because the, in our, in our eyes, the, the more, fans that we can get on board the more fun it's going to be for everybody you know like if we're in a 500 cap club we want 500 people there because 500 people in a full room is more fun for everybody than you know 200 people in the room Mm -hmm. us included so we just always want the most people you know listening as possible and uh the way that that happens is just not the same way that uh it used to be now on the touring end, which is my favorite end of the industry still as the guy who literally never takes time off. Yeah. It sounds like uh, you're everywhere all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the touring end is exactly the same. The touring end is like, what band does it make sense for us to go on tour with mm-hmm. whose fans are likely to also enjoy us by listening to us live. And so that's the part to me. I think that's probably why I love it so much is because it, it still makes the most sense to me of anything in the industry as, as the rest of the industry sails past me. And like, I can't keep track of what's going on at least the live end. I'm like, I know how to sing the songs. So, you know, that part makes the most sense to me. And it's like the only old school part of the industry that is like still relevant. Like you can still go to a show and discover new bands, but it's like happens every day. Yeah, exactly. Happens every day. Yeah. Yeah. It happens to me. Sure. You know, like this is how I can't keep up with how many cool bands there are anymore. Mm-hmm. I find bands more often on the road than I will um, on because I think I'm just I'm so I'm turning into a grandpa, a grandpa. Now I'm turning into that guy who's like, I don't like it this way where I'm like, I don't want the algorithm to tell me what I like. 
-hmm. like, I'll find it myself. And I feel like I find most of my stuff by like, you know, we, we get to play a festival and there's, you know, 20 some bands that day. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I've heard about this band. I've heard about this band. I've heard about this band and they're on at these times. So I'm going to make sure I go. And then I watch them. If they blow me away, I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I just found a new, a new thing that I like, or I'm still a sucker for if I have a close friend who we sort of have the same taste in music. I have my trusted close friends that I'm like, if they bring me the band and they're like, you're going to like this. I'm like, probably. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. I'll listen. I'll listen. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think, I, I think everybody's still got those friends that you're like, I know, you know me, you know mm -hmm. what I like and you're going to, you're going to steer me in the right direction. Mm -hmm. That's okay. not, that's not glory. And I, just no. so you, know. <laughs> you guys are opposing on your views of like what you guys like. Yeah. About, yeah, yeah. we, we have a middle ground, but it's like, overall problem no yeah like I, i'm way more into like new metal and metal. shit yeah, yeah just metal in general and she mm -hmm. is not <laughs> i'm like more rap and just alternative in general that's uh, funny so levi and i are completely different ends of the spectrum and we're mm -hmm. best friends and we've always been like that and we we come together in the middle on certain things that we both love so it's like you throw on you throw on like in flames Mm -hmm. we're both there we're like okay that's our metal like that's yeah. the metal world where we collide but then we also collide and like you throw on like shine down and we're like god this really scratches the itch for both yeah. of us but then i've got stuff that i listen to that he's just like this is one of the most boring things i've ever heard and then he you know he could play something and i'm like i have no idea what the why fuck? you like this yeah. man i yeah. have no idea yeah but <laughs> as people you know we're you know we're best friends we just have completely opposite uh taste and and stuff a lot of the time fair enough yeah uh, so would you be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you're creating this record um i would say while writing it was it was pretty rough on my end um i can't speak for the other guys um i will i will do my best to take a guess at where they were at though for me um I have always been a touring guy. I like being on the road. That's what I wanted to do. And it's what I'm good at. It's like what I understand. Um, when my girlfriend and I moved in together, you know, she had to work my goofy touring habits out of me. Like, you know, she had to teach me stuff like, you know, you can have like more than one toothbrush. Like you don't have to live out of your travel bag. Yeah. Like you can have more than one towel. Yeah. You can unpack your suitcase. Like you're going to be home just, for a week, dude. Like, yeah, unpack. I'm almost like Calm down. Insti institutionalized to touring. Mm -hmm. And um, so the band had already backed its touring schedule schedule off. I know it's hard to remember um, that far back, but we did an anniversary tour at the end of uh, during the summer of 19. And until the All That Remains tour, that was the last tour we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We did a 10 year anniversary tour for Monument and then Levi had a kid um, and we planned on being off. Like we were like, cool. We, you know, that was August and uh, he was going to have his baby soon after. And then, you know, we were going to go to the studio in April. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't like the, t the off time. I didn't know what to do with that. So my headspace was to go. I was like, well, if I can't play for someone, I know I, I've always been like the tour organizer for us. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm usually our tour manager and the, the logistics guy. So I was like, well, I'll just go do that for somebody else. Um, 
So I was, I had started working for Grin, which was a blast for me. I was really thankful for them for like bringing me out, giving me the the chance to work with somebody new. And that lasted for me. Like I was on tour with Grin when the pandemic started. I got sent home from a Fit for a King Chelsea Grin tour. Oh, shit. Um, and the other guys had figured, the other guys had kind of been trying to find out what else they like outside of touring. They'd mm. been taking that time off and figuring out what else they would like to do in life. I mean, because the I'm a little older than them. Um, I'm 34 now, and I think everybody else is probably 30, between 31 and 32, um, maybe 30 and 31. Um, and they started touring like six days after high school, but wow. I was already 21 on the first tour and had already been touring for a year before then. Mm -hmm. So... I'm like in it yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> so they were kind of figuring out how to do other things. And I think when the, when the mandatory time off came, it didn't really hurt us because we didn't have any touring on the books or anything. But um, for me, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was just mm -hmm. like, you mean to tell me that I figured out how to stay on the road without my band? and be in a position where when my band was ready to go back on the road, I can immediately pivot and go back on the road with them. But now earth is telling me that that is illegal and yeah. that, and I'm, I'm a people guy too. Like I need to be around people all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm also not allowed to be around people. Uh, like yeah. uh, I can't even bartend if I want to, I can't even like cheat and go adjacent industry and just like go hang out with people in like a, a realm like that. Like it really, it was very, very, very difficult for me. Um, and I had a lot of trouble with how easy it seemed for the other guys. Because the other guys, like, Levi's like, oh, I get to hang out with my new daughter. I get to hang out with my wife. Justin's yeah. like, oh, I get to produce records. Jared's like, oh, I'm home with my girlfriend. And I'm, I'm out here just like, what the hell is going on? Like, yeah. What am I supposed to do here? Yeah. And I, I feel like I was putting a lot of pressure on them throughout the whole first chunk of the pandemic to even get in the studio and get rolling and they were all just like dude it doesn't matter they're like we're in a pandemic be patient what are we going to do release the record and then everybody forgets about it before we can even go mm. play shows or anything and then you got to pump yeah. another one out in a year <laughs> uh. yeah yeah and as you have heard it's it takes for freaking ever for us to do it <laughs> yes so, um <laughs> Yeah, so my headspace sucked. I feel like I was a pretty unenjoyable person to deal with uh, throughout this whole time. But I, you know, the I think everybody probably found a couple positives during the pandemic. The biggest one for me is I met my girlfriend. We just like bought our first house together and oh, everything, and like that's that's nice. And without that, that's where my balance outside of the band world started to come in. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was like okay this is nice. I have a reason to be home now. This is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, I also, since I never found any other type of work, I also had to step into the workforce, which was new, which was totally new for me. Yeah. So I, you know, very strange time for me to like figure out what my, what my place was in society while we waited like almost nine months for us to be able to like actually go into the studio. Mm -hmm. And then by the time we got to the studio, it was just, I remember going to Michigan and I 
it was like celebration time. You know, it was like yeah. we got to that Airbnb and it was like every day for the next 30 days to 90 days, whatever it was, I get to do music again. I'm yeah. not playing shows yet, but every single day, all I have to think about is like music with my friends again. Mm -hmm. um, so I think up until we got to the record, really mm -hmm. negative on my end and pretty positive on the other guys. Um, but then when we got to the lyrics section, that is when the, that's when you really bring the negativity out. So then you have somebody like Levi, who's Mr. Positive, mm -hmm. who will keep the positive facade up at all times. Cause he is a very, very positive man. And then you get to the lyric session and then it's like, it's time to talk about all the things that have been making me miserable. Mm -hmm. And so the lyric session is a weird balance of, wow, we're having a great time because you're writing everything out and you're like, God, everything we're talking about is such a bummer. Like, yeah. this is so sad. But then performing all of the stuff you write, it's like a video game. You know, mm -hmm. you, you're stepping up to the mic and you're like, okay, I think I want to do it this way. And then you do it and you're like, oh my God. And then you finish the song and then you listen back to it. So it's like a, it's kind of a roller coaster, I, I guess, you know, and we were still deep pandemic, too. So it's like, as we're doing all this, I remember the, the vocal sessions. I did not see because of where Will was located. I did not see like any other part of society except for two times the whole time we were there to go get groceries. Oh, we wow. were in his house quarantined. So the only people I saw were Will, his wife, a couple other engineers that were on the team and Levi. And the same thing in the Michigan studio. It's the four guys recording. Um, as I'm talking about this, I, I haven't had to talk about this with anybody. It just I kind of dawns on me how big of a roller coaster that whole thing yeah. actually was. Because yeah. it, it was never, uh, none of them have ever been like that. They All the other ones have been just like, they've all been the same. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't well, in a pandemic world. So they were... Uh, hopefully the next record you know isn't also in the pandemic you know you can or maybe or maybe we just need this much turmoil because the record turned out great so true, true. <laughs> maybe the turmoil is the secret sauce you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it, it was that or maybe be... it was that time off that too yeah <laughs> or maybe it was that damn time off yeah <laughs> Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends, in the dark with headphones on? Is it a workout album, party album? What do you personally recommend? Oh, that's a cool question. Thank you. That's a cool question. Um, I remember the first time I listened to it, I made my girl, my girlfriend and I each grabbed a drink. Uh, that, that was one of my pandemic skills that I picked up, mm -hmm. like just making great cocktails at home. I think about 90% of society picked up some cocktail skill there at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I set, set everything up on my studio monitors and then we each just had a couple drinks and just blasted the thing. Um, I think for metalheads, it's a big guitar record. Um, it's got a lot of melody with the guitar. So I think if you've got, I think if you are, uh, if you've got some metalhead buddies, I think it's a great group listen. Uh, it's very fast paced. Um, we um, we completely there's no slow songs like uh, you know we kind of do. It's 
It's a very fast-paced, aggressive record, probably the most aggressive that we've done in a long time. I think that comes from the pandemic attitude. So yeah. it to me, it's like a group headbang thrasher kind of record. I like to imagine people, I like to imagine it being one of those records where if people are coming to this Curse of Existence tour, uh, that they're listening to it on the way to the Curse of Existence tour excitedly or in the parking lot together, mm-hmm. even though they're about to listen to it live anyway. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I like to think of it as like a, I hope that we're, it's a group. I hope that it's like a bringing the friendship together kind of Aww. record. And then after they hear yeah. songs off the record live, you want them to leave with a bang over. Yes. Yes. Because I sure will have one. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I blew my neck out in Dublin a few weeks ago and I didn't feel like I was even doing anything. Like oh, I just oh reached God. that point for a year from years of touring where I feel like I sneeze wrong and I get a bang over now. <laughs> so I promise everybody coming to the shows that I will also be in pain. Uh, yeah that's what i always kind of <laughs> like uh, my neck hurts after going to one metal show it hurts for like mm-hmm. fucking four days and then the, the guys up on stage they're doing it every oh night God. like are you guys yeah. just constantly in pain then oh yeah man oh yeah <laughs> i'm in pain all the time like just and i'm and i'm in good shape compared to a lot of my friends you know like i was i was just out with uh i won't i won't name who it was because i don't know if he wants the public to know but i you know there was one friend who had like a sciatic nerve issue on the last mm-hmm. tour oh, wow. uh and i ran into him at a festival and you watch him play and for that 30 to 45 minutes that he's playing you're like my god you're you're a, you're a god you're yeah, just absolutely you're killing, killing. Mm-hmm. and immediately after the show he can he could barely walk wow. you know like just absolutely destroyed um it's pretty i think it's more common than people would think uh it's a pretty brutal thing and i think a lot of us are probably in for being more injured at the beginning of us coming back on the road from not doing it for a bit mm-hmm. yeah. and then being too excited mm-hmm. and going a little too hard. Yeah. 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 Someone's yeah, going to wind up in a neck of... brace on this tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was laying on the bus with a neck pillow, like my airline neck pillow, like it was a neck brace. I was just like, maybe this will, it didn't do anything, but I was in my, oh. stu- my stupid brain, I was like, maybe this will help me. Fair enough. It was the attempt, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Showing some effort. Exactly. Uh, so this one should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. No more, no less. Mm-hmm. Um, aggressively guitar-driven. Oh! That's good. That was quick, and yeah. that was good. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Nice job, BJ and Justin. Oh, yeah. Shining on the guitar. <laughs> uh, so, in that yeah. same train of thought, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have while going through the album? Uh, I think it depends what you're listening for. I think um, I think the fans listening to the instruments are just are just going to be thrilled with um, what I hope they see as a return to form kind of thing mm-hmm. i think the reviews on shadows inside were really positive as people were excited about the direction we were going but they wanted they really loved the melody on the last one and they loved the songwriting but i i think they were hoping for a little bit more of the previous aggression that we had and um instrumentally i really think we found that and so i'm hoping that people are just 
I want people to feel like they're they're sprinting downhill when they when they listen to the instruments. Like mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm I I I. That's my favorite part about all of these like reacts videos that are popular now is I can physically see how people are feeling about the songs. Mm -hmm. um, lyrically, I feel like they're gonna be more connected to how uh, how Levi is feeling and to uh it's a little bit more open of a record for him than i think he's ever done um and so i think that i i hope that they that they see he's always been a really i mean this is a weird way to put this he's always been a really human figure you know like he's just mm -hmm. very honest with um the character you see online is him in real life he really is that nice and and that kind of a guy that's good um and and i think he really spoke about a lot of topics that were close to him this time that he probably wouldn't have before and so i hope that they feel like um even more of like a closeness and a warmth around the the content on the lyric end um yeah i i think it just really i think it depends depends on on which stuff on the you're listening to most have i just want them to to think great job glad <laughs> glad i decided to listen to this one that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping for that's that's what i'm hoping for that's good perfect so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this album um I'll give you two because it was in two different sessions. They were separated. Okay. I had spent like a month with each group, vocal group and the instrumental group. Um, in Michigan, this is going to sound so goofy, but we've recorded at that studio three times in a row. And we have a, we have a, like a groove when we get there. Mm -hmm. um, we get breakfast at the same spot every time um we then we go into work then we would go home to each time it's a different place where we go home to because it's a rental but this time it was like an airbnb and then we would so we would go home and we'd sit down in the living room and then we would watch movies whatever mm -hmm. goofy internet shit that we discovered that day uh, and we're obsessing over um that part of the recording was almost like reliving two other recordings that you loved and that you finally felt like in the middle of this crazy pandemic you were touching base with normalcy like i was with my friends again doing the stuff that we wanted to do having a good time and then in between having a good time of like eating breakfast at the same spot and having dinner together and like hanging out we were working on music together again. Mm -hmm. And like I said, in that same room. So there's just this level of comfort that I hadn't felt in months because of the pandemic. And then on the vocal end, we did group dinners. Like I, there was a kitchen at Will's house. So we would just prepare, we would go back and forth. Will and his wife would make something. Levi and I would make something. Will and his wife would make something. We'd make something. And every night there was a group dinner whether it was something we made and whether it was some crazy takeout that Will knew about. Mm -hmm. um, 
it, there was always family dinner there too. So oh. I think those are probably my two favorite pieces from from each half. I love that so much. So sick. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I miss the camaraderie with without the. Uh, yeah, that that's what the that's what this is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be, if it's working, it's supposed to be camaraderie. It's supposed to be friendship, uh, and and I felt like the recording finally gave that back to to all of us. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you got that back, and I'm sure with the all the touring that's that's coming back, you you feel that again. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, so picture this: you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Oh, um, I, um, I'm such a sugar fiend. Uh, my, my favorite drink is Snapple Apple. Um, now it's in plastic bottles, which I don't like. It used to be in glass bottles, which made it feel so much more fancy. Mm -hmm. It felt so much more fancy with the glass bottle and you don't get that. Remember when you could take the top off? Oh, and it got, got, yeah, that pop. That's gone. Yeah. They ruined that. Now it's like a crack. It's like that. Oh yeah. And it's a gross squishy plastic bottle Mm -hmm. i don't even want it anymore yeah yeah i can't tell you the last time i drank one actually uh the glass bottle was uh the nantucket nectars is still in a glass bottle though and it has snap the pop and that that's that juice that they sell at chipotle so oh uh, yeah so that's a that one's good um and then uh candy i would get wild berry skittles Mm. and then if i go candy bar route I get a boring old payday. Oh, payday. My... Yeah. I like the combination of the the salt and the sweet at the same time. For sure. Perfect. Uh, so on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be and why? Um, We'd be Chipotle there because it's the only damn thing we eat. <laughs> All right. Fair yeah. A burrito, when we're on the road bowl, together, taco? Oh. Um, I think we're bowl people mm-hmm. because you can you can turn the bowl into multiple meals with the secret tortilla on the side trick. Mm-hmm. You just pack that bowl full of as much crap as you can get them to put in there, and then get some tortillas, and then you can just eat it all day. We our uh, front of house guy uh, started with us last tour, and it drove him crazy because he was like, "Can we please just?" There's so many restaurants. Can we eat? somewhere else please nah. we're like no 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 look no <laughs> no, <dude. laughs> no we're not we eat the, the we eat high that. class here we don't do that <laughs> fast food consistent. shit we do it is exactly Chipotle. the same it's exactly the same every single time you eat it which is exactly what that's exactly what you want on the road you want yeah. you just want that comfort you're mm-hmm. like i know this is what i'm getting nothing is normal out here everything is different every day mm-hmm. you know what's the same Chicken and Chipotle, same yeah. every time. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift completely away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Is the drink alcoholic or is the drink normal? It, can it doesn't be. have to be. If the drink is alcoholic, I would like a, a whiskey sour mm-hmm. with the egg. I want the foam. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Um. If it's uh, non-alcoholic, um, man, I'm just thinking about Snapple Apple now. Uh, in the glass. I love in the glass. Yeah, I love I love Coke Heavy though, like a traditional McDonald's Coke. 
Ooh, not McDonald's, right? So I like I like them both, but they're just not the same. Uh, they're not the same. McDonald's Coke is definitely my go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love McDonald's Sprite. It's a crispy, it's a crispy treat as well. Um, and then, yeah, you know, honestly, I'd probably you guys are gonna about this, but I I would say um, I would eat a Big Mac and large fry from McDonald's. And I know that seems crazy because it's like yeah. such a low class, like cheap meal, but it just is the most comforting thing on earth to me. And if I'm about to die, I want to eat something that's going to make me comfortable. So uh, okay. I've got a real that. reputation for uh, my, the, the other guys I've been touring with affectionately call me McNeff. They don't even call me by my name. Like they put McNeff on all of my stuff. And uh, Elisha, who was playing guitar for Miss May I on the All That Remains tour, uh, I remember the moment where I realized I had a new friend who loved McDonald's as well because he he uh, told me he was going to order Uber Eats. And I was like, what are you going to get? And then he said McDonald's, but he said it in this like really guilty manner. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to scold him for it. And I was like, my dude get me i'm ready to go i'm ready to go whatever you whatever you want buddy let's do it i'm ready Mm -hmm. to go yeah love that mcdonald's love it yeah all right that's valid i'll give you that i'll give you that Uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live i guess i just have to name something that i'm obsessed with at the moment so um i would like to be i would be a super tough peaky blinder you guys i would be a I'm not, I'm so not tough in real life that it would be neat to be a really tough uh, Englishman for, for a minute, I think. I think maybe that would be the the way to go. I'm such a wuss, you know, I'm so soft. Uh, maybe that would be, maybe that would be cool for me. I'm not yeah. going like Game of Thrones or any of that. Oh, no. I mean, that didn't work out for a single character. I was you know everyone's dying mm-hmm. uh, i mean everyone's dying in peaky blinders too i guess but yeah um yeah a peaky would be cool i'd be a be a tough peaky blinder then i could walk into the room with their signature catchphrase and i'd have a cool accent and mm-hmm. i could drink all the time and no one would say anything exactly <laughs> you yeah. get it for free too because you own a bar i own everything I yeah own yeah whole, you own everything the, yeah the whole town mm-hmm. yeah yeah, nice. that's actually Are my my pick fans? as well. Oh, I am. Oh, I'm yeah? a massive yeah, yeah, yeah. fan. It's all glory. Yeah, I've been yeah. obsessed with it for for months. Uh, and so uh, my girlfriend and I are watching it together. And mm-hmm. because of that, uh, we only watch it while I'm home. So I go for like thirty or forty day chunks where I don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's it's taking me a really long time to watch it, which is really nice. I kind of, that's what I kind of miss about old TV style where you had to wait a week for every episode. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm bad about binging. I'm bad about like ripping through the whole show mm-hmm. like, really, really quickly. And yeah. so I've really like elongated this enjoyment of Peaky. I've been, I feel like it's, I've been watching it for like nine months now and I'm still oh. only on like the fourth season. Wow. Oh yeah. And I think the one that they just dropped was the last season. I think they said that they're done. I think that. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I I try to be really careful because like I'll be browsing and then I'll see like a 
you know, an article about what is this mm-hmm. peaky, uh, actor really? And I'm like, I don't want to know. I, I don't, don't care. Know like in real life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't want to know. I, I think of you as your character and your character only. I don't, I don't exactly. want to know. Killian Murphy yeah. is Thomas Shelby. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. And That's I, it. I don't want to know he's freaking nice in real. Exactly. I don't want to know that. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to know that. I don't care. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person that we've spoken to have said that it is the most important question. What's your favorite color? Uh, I locked out this. Red is, is, my, is my long-term favorite, uh, which is the, the color of this record cycle, which has been cool. Um, yeah. I, th- I, it's hard to say just red. I like the red spectrum because I also lean heavily towards orange. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you, the red, the red to orange, that little sliver of the color wheel is my, uh, is my favorite section. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, yeah, Curse of Existence is out September second. Technically, the uh, the tour starts the day before. Uh, going all over the U.S. You can go to MissManMusic.com. Uh, if any of you are watching from UK or Europe, we are going out your way immediately after that tour with uh, August Burns Red and Barry Tomorrow in support of the record. That will end uh, this year for us. And then obviously there's a lot of stuff coming next year that's just not um, out yet. But uh, thankful for uh, everybody that's checking this out and was interested in uh, learning more about the record and uh, what we have going on. And I'm excited for everybody to hear it. Feels like it's taken five years for uh, us us to release it actually it has taken five years that's probably why yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right oh well thank you for sal has been ryan from miss may i and we have been the good noise podcast